night. There are some statements of contrast in God's word and God's kingdom, which are just striking somehow to me. They, they don't make any sense to the human intellect. They don't correlate in our minds. It's hard to make, it's hard to reconcile them given our life experiences. Statements which seem counterintuitive. They don't seem they could be true from a human worldview. Things like a child of God could be poor and be rich. It doesn't make sense. There's no economic description for that. You can't find a balance sheet that makes that make sense. And yet it's true. You can visit the most remote village in a third world nation and there locate a man with naught but rags to eat and eating scraps of food that he can find alongside the road living in a hut that would be condemned here. But if that man is filled with the Holy Ghost, he is the richest man in his village. We say things like, I have joy in times of sorrow. Now folks, somebody that's never been born again can't relate to that. Doesn't make sense to think that you could be standing by the graveside of a loved one with tears coursing down your cheeks and then lift your voice and start singing joy unspeakable and full of glory. And yet it's real and it's true. We say things like there's peace in storms. What? Ask somebody in the southeast today as they watched those storm systems move through and all kinds of red on the radar and all kinds of warnings and watches of severe weather. doesn't make sense to look up at a sky that's tossed with storm clouds and winds running every direction and say, my, what a peaceful day. And yet, if you've lived for God for any length of time, you've walked through enough stormy days in the spirit when everything was chaotic and things were upside down and you still could lift your hands and sing, peace, peace. It doesn't makes sense. It doesn't have to make sense. But it may be that there is no such statement that more juxtaposes two diametrically opposite concepts than is found in Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, where he said, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Why would you take pleasure in that, Paul? Because he said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Now that doesn't make any sense. How can you be weak and strong at the same time? And I suppose it would when applied to a man who has never been born again. But can I just tell you something? Hell has a problem with you because when he beats you down to the ground, you're still full of the Holy Ghost. There's still an anointing. Oh there's still an anointing on your life. If you have eternity in you, if you have the Holy Ghost in you, if you have Christ in you, then you can rise up and stare down hell and say you may have taken your best shot and I may be battered and bruised, but when I am weak, You have a problem, hell, because in that moment, I am strong. 
Somebody should hear me tonight. The truth is that when I am weak in me, I am strong in him. When I'm weak in feeling, I am strong in faith. When I'm weak in ideas, I'm strong in direction. When I'm weak in my flesh, I am strong in the spirit. take you down this road tonight. For years, there had been an ongoing war between the house of David and the house of Saul. When Saul died, the southern part of Israel, known as Judah, anointed David to be king in the city of Hebron. But Abner, Saul's captain of the host, instead anointed Saul's son Ishbosheth to be king over Israel. And for many years, these two factions were at war one with another. David's general, try to keep the name straight, David's general Joab actually met with Abner, the general of the north. But bloodshed was the result of that effort at reconciliation. And in fact, in that conflict, Abner killed Joab's brother. The war goes on for several years with one running battle after another. Abner is that strong right hand for Ishbosheth. He is the might that keeps this war ongoing. And so it is one day when Ishbosheth falsely accuses his general of a moral impropriety. Abner is so furious that he leaves and comes down to David's camp and meets with David and said, I've had it with him. The whole army is behind me. I'll bring them down here. We will unite together. We'll put the crown on your head. You'll march out of here as the leader and the victor and the champion, and we will turn the whole nation to you. David knows. He remembers well that day back in his daddy's house when Samuel poured the oil over his head and said, God has anointed you to be king. And finally, it looks like it's about to unfold. Finally, everything that God has promised is going to happen. Finally, he's going to be king of all the land and all the war will be stopped and peace will reign. And he sees this light at the end of his tunnel. Can you imagine the relief when David leaves that meeting saying, it's going to happen. I knew God's word would be true. I knew I would be king and finally I am at the threshold of that happening. But Joab, his general, learns about the meeting, sends word for Abner to come back down. When Abner comes back, Joab kills him and all of David's hopes are crushed. Everything he thought was about to unfold now looks like a distant and very remote possibility at best. God's word has receded back into the memories of a promise that was made to him years ago. There seems to be no hope. He is discouraged. He is defeated. He is cast down. His hope that was rising just moments ago has been dashed to the rocks. And it is in that moment after Abner has been buried that David makes a statement from which I will preach to you for just the next little bit here tonight it is found in 2 Samuel 3 and 39 when he says I am this day weak though anointed king uh, it's not going to be complicated complicated comes later in the silver haired gentleman over there I want you to listen to what David said David said I don't understand it if I'm the king why am I weak doesn't make sense to me. 
I'm the king. I should be strong, and instead, I'm this day weak, though I'm anointed king. He's sucking his thumb and pouting because he can't figure out why if he's the king, he should be battling weakness. I would like to go grab David by the lapels and shake him and say, listen to me, you rock thrower. You may be weak, but you're still the king. You missed what I said. David is saying, if I'm king, why am I weak? I want to encourage David. You may be weak, but you've still got a crown on your head. You may be weak, but there's still a throne with your name on it. I wish somebody would preach with me about right now. If I'm called of God, why am I so beat up? I preach to you, you may be beat up, but you're still called by God. If I'm in school by the will of God, why is money so tight? I preach money may be tight, but you're here by the will of God. I don't understand, Brother Graham. I gave up everything to pursue the call. Why is it so hard? I preach to you it may be hard, but you're still called of God. So why doesn't somebody back up and say, I may be weak, but I'm still anointed. I may be beat up, but I'm still anointed. I may be wounded, but I'm still anointed. I may be struggling, but I'm still anointed. You need to define yourself. Not by what's going on around you, but by who is going on in you. I am anointed. You need to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, I'm called of God. I'm anointed. Say, well, boy, that sounds a little vain. I didn't tell you to walk around in front of your friends saying that. In fact, I just tell you this. If you got to go around telling people you're anointed, probably not. But I am telling you, you need to stare yourself in the eyeball some mornings and say, I'm tired of feeling defeated. I'm tired of walking around with my head hanging down, wondering why things are so hard. It may be hard, but devil, get this straight. I remember the day I I remember the day he poured oil over my head. I remember the day he told me I was going to preach the gospel. I remember the day I got called to preach, and I don't care how tough it gets. I don't care what I'm going through. I may be be weak, but I'm still, I'm still a child of God with an anointing on me to preach the gospel. I'm still a servant of God with an anointing on me to serve in the kingdom. And devil, you can beat me up, but you can't take that away. I am this day weak, but I am anointed. devil invented identity theft. Identity theft didn't come around with the internet age. It was around a long time before that. Isaiah 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Here's how. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mountain, the congregation, and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the Most High. The devil got his start 
trying to steal an identity that wasn't his. And he still does it. Only now, hear me, he does not try to steal your identity for him to use. He tries to steal your identity so you won't use it. Can I say that in English for you? He doesn't try to steal your confidence of a calling of God so that he can use it. He's just scared if he doesn't get it out of your hands, you're going to rise up one day and say, man, I know who I am. I just figured out who I am. I'm hell's worst nightmare. I'm a terror in the belly of hell. I scare the devil half to death. If I just rise up and say, I don't care how weak I get, I'm still anointed. I don't care how tough it gets, I'm still anointed. Hell knows if you get a hold of that identity, he cannot stop you. Do you know how bad you are? I mean, do you understand how terrifying you are to hell? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be unkind. It just kind of comes natural sometimes. Hollywood makes movies to scare people about demons. And, and, if, and if you're not washed in the blood of Christ, I guess I can understand that. <laughs> but heaven makes movies about Holy Ghost-filled young people to terrify hell. When hell wants to be scared, they play a clip of him preaching. When, 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 when hell wants a good fright night, they just play a clip of Sister Bollinger preaching last night. And the belly of hell trembles at, at one Holy Ghost-filled 19-year-old young man that comes from a broken home and a daddy that doesn't serve God that says, I may be weak. But I know who I am. I'm a child of God. Hell, you can't stop me. He called me. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to do a work for God. And it doesn't matter how weak I get. Because in my weakness, I'm still anointed. When you walk on your job Monday morning or Monday afternoon or Saturday noon or Sunday whatever, do you understand how terrified hell is of you? He's scared to death. You're going to walk up and lay hands on somebody. Oh, but Brother Graham, you understand I got my own issues. I know. Some of y'all have so many issues you've got a subscription. But it doesn't change the fact. Way back yonder somewhere, Samuel poured oil over your head, and it ran down over you. It might have been in a youth camp altar. It might have been a youth congress. It might have been a home on a Sunday night. But you got up from there saying, there's a purpose in my life. There's a calling on me. God sent me to preach the gospel. Walk onto that job on Monday and say, yeah, it's been tough, but I am still anointed. Probably heard me share this, but it's fun and I've got the mic. 
several years ago, up at our old church location, there was a pastor in our area, not, not an apostolic, just a pastor of one of our churches I got acquainted with a little bit. He would talk to me every night. He came by church one day, sat in my office, and he said, Scott, I just, uh, he said, I don't know. He said, I just, uh, I'm really looking forward to the Lord coming. I said, me too, just as soon as I baptize you in Jesus' name. We had that kind of relationship. He said, because if the Lord doesn't come soon, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, well, uh, we're going to keep having revival. We're going to preach the gospel. And I'm going to baptize you in Jesus' name. His answer to me went something like this. This is almost a direct quote. He said, but, 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 the devil. And we were friends, so I looked right back at him and I said, but, 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 Jesus. Wait a minute. He said, he said, oh, but, but, but Scott, he said, I, the problem is this. He said, the devil is getting bigger and stronger every day. I said, are, are we talking about the same devil? He said, yes. I said, that's an unusual critter. Jesus stomped on his head so hard, he bruised his own heel. And you're telling me that dude in 2,000 years with no medical attention and not one day off is stronger now than he was when Jesus about crushed his head? He said, I've got Bible for it said, in my Bible. He said, absolutely. I said, you have to show me that one. I've never seen that verse. He said, in Genesis, Scott. Okay, all you Bible students. In Genesis, what does, he, what does Satan show himself as? Snake. I said, yeah. He said, now. He said, by the time Peter writes about him, what is he? I'm lying. That's all right. You've guts enough to answer. Some of them went out there going, I ain't saying anything. I ain't by the time Peter writes about him, he's a roaring lion. So I said, well, he, he's a lion. He said, see. He said, by the time John writes about him in Revelation, what is he? He's a, he's see. He said, in the Bible, he goes from being a snake to being a lion to being a dragon. He's getting bigger all the time. It was sad if it wasn't so funny and funny if it wasn't so sad. I looked at him, I said, do you have a Bible with you? He said, no. I said, I'm not surprised somehow. On the shelf, on the shelf right behind you, I want you to get it down and read it so you know it's in there and I'm not making it up. They're going to display it for you. I said, I want you to read for me Psalm 91 and verse 13 that says, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. That's a snake. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under... I don't care if he's a snake. I don't care if he's a lion. I don't care if he's a dragon. I don't care if you're 19. I don't care if you don't have it all together. I don't care if you've still got some questions. I don't care if you mess up every now and then. Get down and repent. Get covered in the blood and walk out there saying, hell, you can't stop me. I may be weak, but I'm still a knight.
The enemy may be fighting me, but I'm still anointed. I may be a little confused, but I'm still anointed. I may be frightened, but I'm still anointed. I may have questions, but I'm still anointed. I may not know what's next, but I'm still anointed. My family may be under attack, but I'm still anointed. My bank account may be empty, but I'm still anointed. My heart may be broken, but I'm still anointed. People may be talking about me, but I'm still anointed. Somebody just wave it in the devil's face right now. Somebody just hell, tell hell they ain't won. It's not over. I may be weak. I've still got my praise. I've still got a dance. I've still got the Holy Ghost. I've still got the blood. I've still got the word. I've still got the name. Enemy's still under my feet. The devil is still a liar. Jesus is still the captain of my salvation. I'm going to wrap up here quick, but here's the thing. David said, I am this day weak. He didn't say I'm always weak. He didn't say this is how it's going to be the rest of my life. He didn't say, I guess I'll get used to this. He just said, I'm this day weak. I'm going through something right now, but this is not my permanent condition. This is just for right now. It's been a tough day, but tomorrow's still coming. Weeping does endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm not going to live this way forever. Now, let me give you good news. You remain standing. I'm going to quit here in just a minute. I promise, really, honest. You may be this day weak, but let me tell you what does last forever. This doesn't bless you. Brother Kenzie will help you. 1 Corinthians 16, 34. His mercy endureth forever. Psalm 111 and 3. His righteousness endureth forever. Psalm 111 and 10. His praise endureth forever. Psalm 117 and 2. The truth of the Lord endureth forever. Psalm 135 and 13. Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever. 1 Peter 125. The word of the Lord endureth forever. Hell, you better get ready. I'm this day weak, but his mercy endures forever. I'm this day weak, but his truth endures forever. I'm this day weak, but his name endures forever. And tomorrow, I'm going to get back up, and I may be weak, but I am anointed. Somebody lift your praise.